0: some buttons. We're going to have some fun, and we are live here because, of course, this is the high-value production you get on the weekends (laughs) with your old, with a D, old pal Emac, joined by Greg Ehrenberg, as we're going to talk a little basketball here. But as we wait for people to uh, collect and gather, Greg, uh, we've got uh, some fun stuff here that we're going to be talking about. We've released a new offering that Mm -hmm. is making it uh, bundling things together. So we'll talk about that. We've got a nice little promotion here going on with Sleeper. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk about a six-game uh, slate. I believe it's a six-game slate. Uh, it's been, it was a lot of fun. How, how did uh, your evening go last night? It was uh, We didn't get that uh, that the Spurs-Portland um, game on the main slate, but it was still a pretty wild night overall.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, fairly shitty one for me. I made swaps that I was happy with. I had a lot of Brandon Ingram. I was well overweight to him, and that was – Really, how I positioned a lot of my lineups is I wanted to be set up for if Zion was ruled out, which I thought was going to happen. I wanted to make sure that I had the flexibility of my lineups to be able to get to Brands and Ingram and guys like Najee Marshall who are going to project better. And then what ends up happening, Emac, is they absolutely got their faces kicked in the Pelicans yesterday. They end up losing by, I don't even remember what the final score was, but like 30 something points. So didn't get the guys that I was really heavy on to finish out the game from the Pelicans. So was not a banner night for me. I've had I've had better nights this week than uh, the one last night.
0: Well, I had I had a pretty good night actually. I was I was kind of proud, Greg. I, I got to I got to tackle uh, the the white whale. I was I was Captain Ahab last night. I'm going to drop the link into chat here into the uh, DFS building blocks article. But you'll notice that my highlighted plays were Luka Doncic, uh, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam. And then I called out that uh, Devin Booker was getting about a quarter of the popularity uh, of uh, Kevin Durant. So I built my core lineup around those three, and I took down uh, a big contest. So you you won twenty k last week. Lindy won thirty k. I won two fifty last night. Oh, look at you.
1: Look at two, you. Which, uh... two, $250,
0: not 1000 I took down the 20 max uh, quarter arcade. Finally, lookie I got yeah. that darn thing. You checked off the list this year. That's a lookie, tough one to yeah. win. There's a
1: lot of people in that. I, I like how you said finally you did it this year. We're only four weeks into the year. We're only four weeks into the year, Emac. <laughs>
0: Sabbath for the NBA season. There's still ten weeks to go. I was looking that up, uh, Greg. We are, are just uh, just slightly over halfway uh, at this point for the NBA season. But yeah, I had I, I had that f- uh, a fun one. Although it's kind of a as much as I'd want to celebrate that screenshot. Coming in next to what you and, and uh, Eric have done uh, this week, I don't think I would make the Hall of Fame. Clearly, there are better nominees. <laughs> well, just than just because
1: for this. I I told you I have I have my limited uh, producing capabilities. I could throw it up on screen. This is uh, the the screenshot because I had a win this week as well, but uh, not as impressive as you coming in first place. I came in second <laughs> on my win, but yeah, it's been good times around here. And like you mentioned too, we now have the ability to sign up for all the Sims in one bundle together. So if you guys have been trying to figure out like, hey, how could I get the NBA package, the NFL package, the MMA package all together, we do now have it all together in one bundle, the MMA, or not the MMA, the Stochastic all-access package, you guys could sign up using the link we have below. And for anybody who uses the Stochastic avatar, you get $150 off that package in perpetuity. So we'll have a form for you guys to fill out that shows proof that you use the Stochastic avatar. And as long as you do, every single month for forever that you sign up for this package, you do get $150 off it. So get everything bundled together.
0: And, and that's a phenomenal deal. And, and people always say, ah, you know, give me something. What's your best discount? Rep the avatar. There you go. Ha, have that on there. You're, you're, we're going to pay you the equivalent of, you know, what, three or four bucks a day to carry that on, on the site uh, uh, of your DFS choice. So very, very good there. Uh, and, of course, you'll still be eligible. For all of the hall of fame fun uh it's it's always always enjoyable we have a huge nfl slate tomorrow so you're going to get a couple shows for that but today we're um we're going to have two nba shows again we'll be back here for live before lock at six o'clock and then of course there will be um uh i believe there's a one strategy nfl show t- today greg is that uh, still the case
1: No, so uh, what we have for, no football games today, so what we have on the schedule for today, it's us doing this show, there's the NHL strategy show in a little bit, then tonight EMAC and I'll be back for NBA Live Before Lock, and then tomorrow, with it just being the two-game NFL slate, we're going to be covering everything tomorrow, so there's going to be a deep dive, there's going to be a Live Before Lock, and then EMAC and I are going to be coming back later on the day to cover the showdown slate, where it's going to be for the uh, Sunday Night Football game there, so... We're going to be covering everything on the channel tomorrow.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And I've started writing the uh, Two Gamer article. I'll have that posted uh, in a couple hours here. So you guys will have ample time to check out the uh, NFL. And then, of course, we'll have the uh, DFS building blocks. Those are always free. They're on the Stochastic homepage. And uh, one last request before we get into the analysis here. Hit that like button. It absolutely does help us out, as do does uh, retweeting and liking uh, what we do on Twitter. Uh, it also gives us uh, a little uh, indicator of where uh, different things are coming from, which allows us to gear content in that particular fashion. I see someone, I do want to call this out, says entertaining show, but I can't imagine bankrolling uh, or basically going against these guys who are putting their money against ours. So in the smaller contest today, that would be the uh, NBA $15. Did you realize in 150 max of 15,600, one of us, if we were maxing it, would have one-tenth of 1% of the field? That fraction gets dramatically smaller if we're talking about the giant NFL contest tomorrow. So, yes, contest size does matter. But at any point, uh, there are caps across these sites that nobody can have more than 3% of the field. So on the giant ones, it's really not that big of a deal going against us, right? Because the stuff has to play out. It's very tricky, very difficult, but that's why you've got the Sims. That's why you've got the analysis. But again, you can't win every day. But when you win, you need to make it count. All right, Greg. Jumping into the fun here. Let's look at our first day, first, day, first game of the day. Uh, we will. There's a, a, like a twelve thirty game today. There is some three o'clock games, but. The first game tonight on our main slate is going to be the Utah Jazz in Charlotte taking on the Hornets. Jazz are double-digit favorites coming in at uh, 10-point road favorites. You have uh, 235.5 implied point total. This is an island game for Utah, meaning they did not play yesterday. They do not play tomorrow, and there are no entry notes, surprisingly. On the Charlotte side, uh, Gordon Hayward will be missing his 15th game with a cap issue he could return next week mark williams is going to be out until after the all-star break with a back issue kyle lowry does not expect to play for this team he is likely going to be traded or bought out um so those are the only real main injury notes you do have a back-to-back and a three and four for the hornets they also play on monday last night they lost 138 104 but they didn't play a ton of minutes Bridges did play 36. However, Nick Richards only had 27. Lamella Ball had 23. Brandon Miller had 20. And then PJ Washington had 29 off the bench. How do you want to approach this one? Looks like everybody's going to be relatively healthy and good to go.
1: Yeah, so starting on the Utah side of the game, this is pretty similar to the setup we had with Utah a couple of nights ago, where it was a smaller slate. Everybody on Utah was really cheap. They had a good matchup. So the game they played a couple of days ago was against the Washington Wizards. Today, they take on the Charlotte Hornets, who are playing on the tail end of a back-to-back like you had uh, mentioned there, EMAC. And as of right now, these are most of the top value options on the slate. Now, if other players get ruled out, that is certainly subject to change. But at least as of this morning, where we don't have a bunch of cheap players to look at, we've got a relatively underpriced Utah Jazz team and a really good matchup against the Charlotte Hornets, which is why if you guys look on screen at the exposure that I'm getting to right now, Even though Kelly Olenek and Chris Dunn are both projected for under 20 fantasy points, they land in a third and uh, four tenths of my lineups here. So at 43% of Chris Dunn, 33% of Kelly Olenek, John Collins, who's played a bigger role for the Utah Jazz as of late, he's showing up in a handful of my lineups as well. And Uh, One thing that's been really weird about John Collins' minutes lately is that not only has he been playing more significant minutes, they've even been willing to play him in garbage time in games that aren't all that competitive. So that's why last game he scored 46.5 fantasy points. The game before, he he played uh, 25 minutes but still put up 33.75 fantasy points and also was in the game towards the tail end of the fourth quarter when that game was way out of hand because the Jazz lost that one by about 30 points. So this is the top team to target as of this morning is the Utah Jazz. We'll see what kind of value opens up later on the day. But right now, Utah looks like the best team to target in tournaments as well as cash games.
0: So the only concern and counterpoint here is they've, uh, aside from the folks that you mentioned, they have been very uh, generous in sharing minutes. And they even have quite a few players that just DNP and have fallen out of the rotation that uh, former DFS darlings like Taylor Norton, Tucker, etc., There it is, it is can be a tenuous spot here with the Jazz, but as you mentioned, a pretty good matchup. And this, uh, these uh, roller coasters of variability in playing time tend to keep their salaries at a good level here. So we shall see. Uh, what are your thoughts from uh, the the Hornets? It did seem that uh, they were willing just to take their lumps last night against Houston and sort of uh, saving up for today. I guess uh, this team is going to be one of the, the worst three or four records in the league uh, without even uh, – there is really no hope on the horizon. They're going to be looking to trade some pieces, et cetera. I would suspect there's going to kind of be a soft minutes range of 30 to 32 minutes for LaMelo Ball most games. However, if it's close, if it's at home, if it's competitive, if he's having a really great game, that's not a hard cap, right? That's just sort of a, we have an off injured player. We've got a long season ahead of us here. Uh, We want to keep him healthy at at various points in time. But I do like him uh, going forward for tournaments because I think he is someone that uh, on games like last night where he didn't play a ton, that's going to help keep his salary down unless the sites do anything to uh, adjust their salary algorithms to account for that sort of thing. But how are you feeling about the rest of the Charlotte side here?
1: Yeah, so I'm interested to see. I think there's a chance Lamelo rests today. If that is the case, that's going to change the outlook of the team pretty significantly. As of right now, we are expecting everybody to play. It's a game that is expected to be played at a fairly high pace against the Utah Jazz, but Jazz are big favorites in this game. Favored by 10 points, tail end of a back-to-back for Charlotte. It's hard to feel confident in the minutes of Lamelo. You had mentioned there, Emac, that his minutes... Not all that significant in some recent games. They benched him for leaky black last night. And some people said, Well, hey, he was in foul trouble. Not really. Lamello Ball had two fouls at the end. So he picked up a second foul at the very end of the first quarter. And yeah, pretty frequently, if a player picks up two fouls in the first quarter, they'll get taken out. But he picked up a second foul with a minute left in the second in the first quarter. And he didn't play at all in the second quarter, and then hardly played in the second half as well. So we ended up only getting 23 and a half minutes out of Lamelo last night. And I just don't know how to project his minutes going forward. To your point, there's still a ceiling there for tournaments. I don't know how likely it is to reach that ceiling. So in the current iteration of my lineups, I am not getting to Lamelo ball. If I had to play one guy with the most upside from Charlotte, I would tell you that is Lamelo. But ultimately, by the time that we get to lock and other value opens up and whatnot, I I don't think he's somebody or really anybody from Charlotte that I'm going to be getting to at any kind of meaningful rate.
0: All righty, let's continue on. The next game is the Los Angeles Clippers in Boston taking on the Celtics. Celtics favored by eight and a half. We do have a 232 and a half implied point total here. This is a back to back for the Clippers, and they do play again on Monday. They won last night in Toronto 127 107. James Harden played uh, 35 minutes, Kawhi played 31, Paul George played 28, and then Plumlee played 28. We want to keep in mind that Ivica Zubac is out through the all-star break here. Uh, The only person that's on the injury report as questionable, and I think this is just a guesstimate uh, because I didn't look at the actual injury report, but uh, Paul George uh, potentially, he was dealing. I can't remember now if it was a sore shoulder, it was a sore something last night, but then they put him back in, in the game towards the end. So he's the one person who could get a night off. We have seen Kawhi Leonard actually play uh, most of his back to back. So we'll have to see. Uh, it's not an anticipated uh, night off for any of these uh, players, but we'll have to wait and see. On the Boston side, it does look like uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis is doubtful. He is dealing with a sore ankle. This is an island game for Boston. They play again. On Monday, uh, how do you want to look uh, look at the Clippers here? And uh, what are your thoughts about Plumlee? little tougher front court matchup here going against uh, Boston, but gets a little bit easier without Kristaps Porzingis there.
1: Yeah, so first let's talk about the situation with Paul George because it was actually pretty concerning the quotes that they had about him. So what Ty Lue said is that for actually a little while now, Paul George has been dealing with a groin injury. And that they're trying to limit his minutes to get him to be 100%. As well as the Clippers are playing, and obviously, I'm no doctor, Emac, right? This is something that's been uh, well publicized. Neither is Glenn Rivers. I'm not, neither is Glenn Rivers. Yeah, I'm just uh, just the guy who tells penis jokes on the internet and makes some money betting (laughs) on sports and playing DFS. But if I'm managing or coaching the Clippers, don't you just sit Paul George at this point and let him get healthy? Like, why is the strategy instead? have him continue to play through the groin injury but just monitor his minutes this is a tail end of a back-to-back I would be very surprised if Paul George ends up playing so with that in mind we do have Paul George in our projections right now so if people are looking on screen right here and seeing the ownership that we have for uh, James Harden projected for nine percent ownership landing in four percent of my lineups Kawhi Leonard project for ten and a half percent ownership landing in seven percent of my lineups but this is still under the assumption that Paul George plays. I don't think Paul George is going to play. And then later on the day, there's going to be a projections update where Kawhi would look better, James Harden would look better, and their ownership would also go up. These are two very important plays to me if Paul George doesn't end up playing. If you look at the production for these guys this year, when Paul George has been off the court, we do have Kawhi Leonard sees his usage rate go to 27 and percent. James Harden's usage rate goes to 25% with Paul George off the court. So two guys that we could definitely rely on taking more shots. And then the front court, Mason Plumley, the interest I have in him, it's not related to Paul George at all. It's just that Mason Plumley is starting at center for the Clippers. And we've started to see him play more minutes now. So Mason Plumley missed the start of the year with an injury and the Clippers were very cautious with his playing time to not get him re-injured or anything like that as he was making his way back. But now he's in the starting lineup. We saw him get up to 25 minutes last game despite a blowout. He's played as many as 28 minutes as a starter. And I do think that we could see 28 to even as high as over 30 minutes for Mason Plumley if the game stays competitive. So Plumley right now looks like the best overall option on the team. Paul George and James, uh, Paul George, assuming he's out, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard both look really good. And Norman Powell would also see a big a minutes bump off the bench.
0: Yeah, uh, 12 and two in their last 14 games. That is the the uh, Clippers. They've, they've done quite nicely, uh, Westbrook. Accepting the bench roll, uh, Harden uh, being fine as the third offensive option here, but actually doing a decent job of uh, picking his spots. So, yeah, surprisingly, they, they've they uh, gelled. I did not think that was going to be the case. Great. I am clearly wrong on that one. Uh, anything else from the Clippers' side?
1: Nope. So we could go over to Boston and talk about the uh, implications of there being no Kristaps Porzingis tonight
0: that would be uh obviously they so boston tends to stagger uh rest days up and yes. down the rotation so it's not a huge thing that he's missing but obviously they are still an amazing team even without him uh against the team with the third best record in the western conference and as i mentioned on that that very good uh streak right now they're still eight and a half point favorites here so boston is is uh, very very good when porzingis is off the court It doesn't dramatically impact Al Horford. Uh, I mean, it does give everybody a little bit better chance for usage, some extra shots around there, uh, as well as uh, additional rebounding opportunities. But it's not like Horford's going to jam in and get those extra minutes. It's kind of a trickle-down effect because of the ability for everybody on the uh, Boston Celtics to play multiple positions, meaning they can shift up and down. Um, You know, if Porzingis is in, he's the center. If he's out, it's Horford. Uh, You get Tatum as the nominal center at various points in time. Everybody plays multiple positions here. So it's kind of the, um, to borrow the uh, Jerry Tarkini and back from the late 1990s, UNLV running Rebels. It is the amoeba offense as opposed to the amoeba defense here. Um, I'm, I'm okay with kind of everybody. Nobody's standing out for me, but what do the Sims say for the Boston Celtics?
1: Yeah, so what's important to look at is the last game Porzingis missed, which was uh, only two games ago. And we'll see how long Porzingis is out as well. It looked like he had a pretty bad-looking ankle injury. I know he said he could have come back into the game the other day, but I don't know. Looks looked pretty bad to me. He was in a lot of pain, had to be helped off the court. And the last time we saw Porzingis sit, which once again was only a couple of games ago, the Celtics won the starting lineup of Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford. What they didn't do though was add extra pieces to the rotation off the bench. So, Emac, they only played an eight man rotation. Off the bench, Peyton Pritchard played 24 and a half minutes. Sam Hauser played 15 and a half minutes. And then Luke Cornett played 18 and a half minutes. So, they went a very condensed rotation. As a result, we saw really big minutes from the starters where Drew Holiday, for instance, played 38 and a half minutes that game. So, what ends up happening with Christoph Porzingis being out? is the Celtics tend to play smaller lineups. And then that means that we'll look at guys like Drew Holiday, Derek White playing extra minutes. That's why they're showing up in a bunch of lineups for me. Here's where this could change, though. If they happen to start uh, at center, if they go to Luke Cornett, then it's an indication that they're going to be playing bigger lineups. And then we can't really project Drew Holiday and Derek White for the same minutes. But as things look right now, Drew Holiday lands in half my lineups. Derek White is in about a quarter of my lineups. They're the two players that stand to gain the most from a playing time perspective with Porzingis out. This does change it, like I said, if it ends up being Cornette who starts at center. Last game, Cornette came off the bench, only played 18 and a half minutes. So it's going to be really informative to us what the Celtics do with their starting lineup. My best guess is since the Mavericks are not an especially big team, I do think we see the Derek White, Drew Holiday, Tatum, Brown, and Al Horford starting unit.
0: All righty, let's continue on. We'll do one more game here and then have some fun. We've got the New Orleans Pelicans in Milwaukee taking on the Bucks. Pelicans are five and a half point underdogs here, a very robust 241 implied point total. For Milwaukee, they did play last night, so it's a back-to-back and a three and four, and they play on Monday. Uh, on the doubtful side will be Chris Middleton and Jay Crowder. We're looking at uh, rest potential there. We have seen Middleton play on some back-to-backs, but that, that may not occur tonight. Uh, the Bucks did lose 112, 100 to Cleveland last night. We saw Lillard play 38 minutes. Giannis and Middleton played 36 each. And then um, Lopez played 35. On the New Orleans side, uh, they also played last night. They play again on Monday. Zion did not play yesterday. He's expected to play today. Uh, Troy Murphy, the third, pardon me, Trey Murphy, the third, is expected to be out. Uh, for rest on this back-to-back. The Pelicans got boat raced, as Greg mentioned. They lost 107-83 to to the visiting Oklahoma City Thunder. C.J. McCollum played 35 minutes. Brandon Ingram played 34. Murphy played 28. Jonas Valanciunas played 20. And uh, Larry Nance Jr. got 22 here. So a lot to unpack, but let's start with – with Giannis, because uh, you know the two-time defending or the two-time MVP uh, and uh, amazing all-around fantasy player is someone that uh, warrants uh, a little bit of discussion today. Greg, we have kind of three really good players at the top, him being one of them. How are you approaching Giannis tonight?
1: So oh, I'll, I'll go back to the Milwaukee side then. I was uh, I was under the impression of we doing the road teams first.
0: Normally know. we would, but you know me and meandering and and I didn't take my prune juice today, so <laughs> I'm it's you know it's a whole it's a whole thing, Greg. It's a whole All thing. Right,
1: so I swapped it over so you guys could see my Milwaukee Exposures here and uh Giannis is the payup option I get to the most on the slate right now. There are value options that we have available to us from Utah who Maybe not the best overall like punt options. These aren't guys who are going to be, you know, like 3K project for 30 fantasy points, but they are serviceable. And what's most important is they allow us to spend up for somebody like Giannis right now because Giannis sees a big boost when Chris Middleton's off the court, really in every respect, right? So with Giannis playing without Middleton, we could expect his assist rate to go up. We expect his playing time to go up a little bit and then also his usage. So Giannis, we have him projected for 65.18 fantasy points. That is a, a very healthy mark to be getting to. Keep in mind, as far as Dallas is concerned, that we don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to be in or out. So that could impact Luke when we get to that game later. But as of right now, Giannis is my favorite overall spend-up option on the slate. Because like you said, this is a tail end of a back-to-back. I do expect that we're going to see Chris Middleton sit. I don't expect Jay Crowder to play. Jay Crowder doesn't really impact anything, but just worth noting anyway. So with Middleton out, yeah, for sure, Giannis is somebody we're going to want to be getting to a lot. And uh, not as much the same for for Damian Lillard, who hasn't seen the same bumps this year with with, uh, Middleton off the court that Giannis has. So really the only thing I'm prioritizing from Milwaukee is Giannis.
0: All right. Uh, Six and two in their last eight games, both losses to Cleveland. Uh, So Cleveland, clearly uh, no joke here uh against or in the Eastern Conference even uh, running shorthanded but i i do like that call out and, and to your point uh a- absolutely it. crowder doesn't really impact a ton however there are trickle down minutes that will probably go to Malik Beasley though he tends to uh, expand his minutes when he is doing well uh from the field but uh Pat Connaughton could see a little bit more uh they could dust off um Bobby Portis Jr., who has kind of uh, slid towards the back of the rotation after be- being a relatively prominent uh, player the last few seasons. He's someone that, that has, has kind of slid back there. So those would be the the players to look at as we wait for additional value to pop up. But some of those could be some differentiation dandies. Now to the visiting team, who who I, I brushed over before. Uh, as as uh, Eric Lindquist likes to point out, uh, it has been uh, – 100 years since the New Orleans Pelicans have played a competitive game. It seems like almost everything uh, is, is decided by uh, double digits in either direction, which uh, has led to some very inconsistent minutes. But if you look at uh, since uh, December 7th, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 11, about a dozen games that are considered blowouts but those are going in either direction. So that's usually games where it's uh, 15 points or more, and that would include their last four games. They've been blowouts. Two of them they've won, two of them they've lost, right? It has just been uh, some very uh, divergent outcomes uh, on either side of the error bar range here for New Orleans, which is just odd. It's just downright odd. One uh, little thing I did pick up, and I didn't even notice it because I went heavy on C.J. McCollum, uh, uh PRA props yesterday, Greg, because I thought when uh, when uh, Zion would be out, this would be a good matchup for him to at least get there for scoring. How wrong I was. And I heard uh, I was doing some work and had the game on in the background. And the announcer said, CJ McCollum is averaging career lows across the board. He actually is. Every statistical category was a career as a career low right now or or close to it. And I thought to myself, well, that's okay because Zion's out and there'll be more usage and field goal opportunities, etc. No, they just got their ass kicked. So I don't know what to do here. It feels like the hot stove now. Now I'm scared to touch it, but I thought I was going to be one of the cool kids last night, um, cashing in on this. Clearly I wasn't. What do you want to do with the Hornets?
1: Yeah, well, for today, sorry, right, the Pelicans, God damn it.
0: How did I call that? them the Hornets? That's been like seven years since they were the Hornets. Maybe ten I, years.
1: I, I think. I think it's been. Uh, yeah, it's been longer than that.
0: When I need was, the prune juice. I'll. I'll be
1: back. <laughs> okay. When were the? When were the Hornets? The New Orleans Hornets. When were they the New Orleans Hornets? Let's say. Oh, when crazy. did? When did? The Hornets. Call Chand- oh,
0: Tyson Chandler.
1: <laughs> also cut. the. This is also a terrible name. Right, like the New Orleans Pelicans, it's it's a shit name. So it was uh, eleven years ago that they changed their name, Mac. Eleven years ago, it's all right. You all need right. a you need a time to. It's you know, old dogs can't learn new tricks. Need to adjust a little bit.
0: Technically, I was doing DFS content when they still were the New Orleans Hornets and switched to the Pelicans.
1: I remember. I think I listened to your. Sh- I was in college then, by the <laughs> way, and I think I probably listened to some of your shows from time to time back then. But uh, at least back, for today. Me,
0: me and Al Smith and, and Justin
1: Banzuden, STL Cards. We did a lot of basketball shows. Too. And, uh, and you did shows with Dean back in the day as well.
0: That's uh, Dean Shambleson, Dean seven eight nine zero two one zero. if you want to get all technical. But back to the Hornets.
1: Yeah, hard to really like anything all that much with Zion back. I'm getting myself to a little bit of exposure to Brandon Ingram. I do expect that's probably going to fall off as we get closer to uh, – Lock here, and I don't know what to make of the center minutes because the Hornets are doing the oddest thing ever. And uh, I'm going to call them the Hornets now too just because I think (laughs) that is the way that we should. There's two Hornets playing on tonight's slate, But actually, neither team, you know what's funny? What the Pelicans and the Hornets each are doing with their minutes don't make sense. What the Hornets are doing with the Ball doesn't make sense. What the Pelicans are doing with their center minutes doesn't make sense. Last night, and this is two games in a row they've done this, they have Jonas Valanciunas start the first half and Larry Nance Jr. starts the second half. But because all of their games are completely non-competitive, it's hard to know if they're doing that by design, if it's because of the scores of the games. And then on top of that, we don't know how many minutes they actually tend to play Larry Nance. So Nance plays right around 20 minutes the last couple of games, and that's with him starting the second half. But would he play more minutes in the second half if the games were competitive? Would he be closing over Valanciunas? It's Hard to say because we haven't seen that situation play out other than that they're oddly starting Valanchunas in the first half and Nance in the second half. So as of right now, this is a team that I'm mostly staying away from. But that is something that uh, maybe changes if other players get rested. Maybe McCollum rests, maybe Ingram rests with being tail end of back-to-back. But I'm not getting to anything more than 1% of lineups other than Brandon Ingram at the moment.
0: All right. Um, so I, I dug into this a little bit, looking at the rotations uh, on on Popcorn Machine and, and Add More Funds. The that uh um, and Nance at some point, and I couldn't find the game at some point in November, they played 10 minutes together. And I think it's a glitch because I, I went and looked quick as quickly as I could through each of those games, and I couldn't quite see where they crossed over. It theoretically happened in two games, but sometimes when those uh, sites scrape the box scores, they, they, they can miss. Uh, Some stuff there, but I don't think they're playing together. And then the other funny thing is if they don't equal 48 minutes, it's usually Cody Zeller that gets four to six minutes. (laughs) in some of those games. It's just, it's been absolutely wild. But my thought was um, that Nance probably has about a 26 minute cap, no matter what happens. And if you look at his game logs, et cetera, and he's been injured quite a bit over the last uh, few seasons, he kind of seems to cap out around that, that area. But to your point, he could come in at start the second half and easily get 18 minutes in the second half and coming off 10 minutes in the first half suddenly you get him over that that mark if it's close if uh you know there's no games coming up for a couple days if he's being effective etc and then you have a, a really uh, low owned option that we see is a fantasy point per minute guy so i it was just an interesting rabbit hole i chased my way down uh this morning so
1: yeah so uh the other thing also and this this doesn't only happen for this year as well a big mistake a lot of people will will make is if Zion's out they'll go ahead and say like all right I'm going to play Larry Nance and to what you had just said Larry Nance and Jonas Valanciunas don't share the court together EMAC and that's not just this year that's also in previous years where Nance hasn't had any kind of minutes restriction so they don't like to play those guys together for today this is not information that matters but going forward if you guys see Zion's out it doesn't mean you should go load up on Larry Nance he's not the guy who benefits
0: Uh, Anything else you want to talk about here? Slender Man, maybe a little Jose Alvarado. uh, Anything else from uh, the Hornicans?
1: No, we can move on to the next game.
0: All righty. Hey, before we move on, I see we have quite a few people watching. Hit that like button. It's always helpful. And then, Greg, we have a new package here. We have the Sims Bundle. Mm -hmm. The Sims Bundle. So you get all stochastic Sims and the related projections everything under one bundle do you want to describe the little wrinkle because we have a way for you to save money if you want to use this package
1: yep if you guys do sign up for a new sims bundle package if you're using the stochastic avatar you do get 150 dollars off a month and that is for forever not just when you first sign up every single month on your payment you do get 150 dollars off if you're playing dfs using the stochastic avatar
0: so pretty slick deal there. Uh, for those of you that don't want to go that route, we still, of course, have the lineup generator. Uh, so we have that uh, both as uh, weekly packages. So if you want to get in for, uh, for uh, football for tomorrow's action, you can. You'll get the uh, lineup generator for the main slate. Uh, and for the two standalone games, uh, you will also, you know, you can get it for the Super Bowl as well. You have um, basketball that it works for. It gives the, uh, the uh, uh, main slate for both FanDuel and DraftKings, each day. It's very helpful, it's built on the same platform and tools uh, which the simulators are using. So it's combining everything we have here at Stochastic, the boom bust tool, projections, player projections, leverage, uh, synergy, not quite as important in basketball, but it does exist a little bit. So something to think about there for those of you coming in, wanna make a quick competitive lineups on the cheap, you can always look at the lineup generator package. All righty, Greg, we are back to basketball. Let's see who is our next game. That is going to be me scrolling down to last Saturday's run sheet. I should only do one run sheet per per document, one would think. Perhaps that will be the next uh, New Year's resolution I have. But we have the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. So the T-Wolves are taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Timberwolves are 10.5-point favorites going into San Antonio, 227.5 projected point total. Minnesota, really nobody on the injury report. This is an island game They last played Thursday. They don't play again until Monday. Uh, San Antonio did play last night. Trey Jones is a potential rest candidate. Uh, Victor Wembanyama is listed as probable. So keep in mind, this is a back to back, a three and four, and this team plays again on Monday. But last night, they beat Portland 116 100. You saw Devin Vassell and uh, Jeremy Sohan play 32 minutes. Wemby played 29. Trey Jones played or um, 24. Keldon Johnson off the bench had 30. And then Wesley off the bench had 24. Essentially, he is splitting those minutes with uh, Jones. I would suspect if Jones is out. Um, Wesley would probably get up to about 28 minutes, but I still think they would have other, you know, Sohan or other players uh, handle point guard duties. I don't see him just jamming for 30 minutes uh, in that one. But uh, how how do you want to uh, discuss the Timberwolves in what should be a very winnable game for them?
1: Uh, Yeah, and it should be a game with a lot of scoring on the Minnesota side. The total in the game is only 227.5, which is the lowest on the night slate. However, the Timberwolves are favored by 10.5 points, so their individual total is very high, whereas the Spurs on the other side not quite expect to score very many points. So as far as the Timberwolves go, this is a plus matchup. It's an up-paced matchup for them as well. Anthony Edwards, Mike Conley, they both look like good options to be getting to. Edwards more on the high end, Conley more in the mid-range. And then as far as cheaper players go, we are projecting Reed for a couple of extra minutes today. One thing that we do see a lot of teams do against the Spurs is they're playing bigger lineups to try to compete with the size of Wembenyama. There are not very many teams that go up against San Antonio and then say like, hey, we're going to run small ball lineups out there. You can't do that against Wemby; He's nine feet tall and he's also been ridiculously good. So. The start of the year, Mac, we saw Wemby get off to a bit of a slow start as far as efficiency goes. His defensive metrics have been outstanding all year. He's been like a top five or so defensive player for pretty much the entirety of the season. Now the offense is coming along, too. If you look at the value metrics, like at dunks and threes, the EPM stats, But we're looking at Wemby is now starting to creep his way into a top 20 or so player into the NBA and just seems to be rapidly improving. And teams have to make adjustments for it on the other side. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Nas Reed could play a couple extra minutes in this matchup. Don't forget that the Spurs also have Zach Collins, who plays minutes for them off the bench, and he's a talented big man. So uh, Nas Reed projects uh, very well for us, uh, especially because of the possibility of him getting a couple extra minutes to match up against the size of the Spurs.
0: I've, I've been burned a couple times in recent games, choosing Nasri, hoping for uh, extended mop-up duty, etc. Didn't work. One of those was the games where Carl Anthony Towns scored sixty-two points. <laughs> Oops, didn't quite happen in that one. Of course, most of the team didn't really get there, aside from Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and then the team didn't get there because, of course, they lost that one. Um, how? how do you want to handle the, uh, the backcourt situation here? Because Wesley for the Spurs, because Wesley is actually an intriguing option. Uh, he is a, if you go look at his history, obviously he has draft capital capital where um, uh, Jacob Gilliard does not. And Gilliard was a five-year player, uh, et cetera. But, uh, but um, he can actually score Greg, which is a far, far cry from, from Gilliard who really can't, I have, I have more confidence here in Wesley, if I remember correctly, first round pick out of, I think, Notre Dame. But I think it was like, what, like the 25th pick or whatever. He's someone I'm actually kind of interested in. so and I, I think I heard you and um, Lindquist talking about him uh, on uh, earlier this week. Uh, one of you did, at least, if it wasn't on the same show. How do you feel about Wesley kind of as a as a potential um, discount dandy?
1: Well, he's unplayable if Trey Jones is in, right? So okay. if Trey Jones plays, Wesley comes off the bench and plays the, you know, 22, 23 minutes that we would see him play in these scenarios. So the last game or last night, I should say he played 24 minutes, but that was because the game was a little bit lopsided. The Spurs won by 16. And then in addition, also there was the tail end of the back. It was the front end of the back-to-back with today being the tail end. So they went a little bit more spread out with their rotation. So if Trey Jones plays, you you can't project Blake Wesley play any kind of significant minutes. Therefore he's not in play. If Trey Jones is out, Two games ago, Trey Jones is out. Blake Wesley started. He played 29 minutes as a starting point guard, brought 12 points, four rebounds, six assists. If he's going to be the starting point guard and play close to 30 minutes, yeah, he's definitely somebody to get to, but we need that update on Trey Jones. The other player is going to stand out on the Spurs. No surprising. It's Wemby. Wemby's been just absurdly good from a fantasy standpoint. We were seeing games, Emac, if you remember, a couple weeks ago when he was still on his strict minutes restriction, he was playing like 18 minutes and scoring over 50 fantasy points in some of those really restricted games. And now we don't have to worry about the minutes limit quite as much anymore. It's not that he's going to play 36 or anything, but last night he got up to 29 minutes. And that was also partly because he came out of the game towards the tail end because the game was lopsided. So Wemby was on pace to play 31 minutes, had the game stayed competitive all the way through. Tail end of a back to back, they've been resting him in these situations. So I don't think they go out and they give him the 30 plus minutes today. But I think we could get 27 to 28 minutes out of Wemby, and that is enough to project him for close to 50 fantasy points, which does make him somebody who's a pretty good spend-up option on the slate. I don't like him as much as Giannis, but uh, Wemby does make his way into 24% of my lineups, and we could feel good about his minutes slowly creeping up for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, and so much of that has to do with his baseline of rebounding and then, as you mentioned, the defensive stats, the, the blocks and steals. That that makes him, even in a tough matchup like this one, still have the ability to uh, be fantasy productive, which is important. There are not a lot of players out there uh, that aren't the superstars that can do that in one of the tougher matchups uh, in the league. And and wow, Wemby is already edging into the uh, that discussion, which is impressive for a 19-year-old. Anything uh, else? One oh, thing
1: ahead. to add about Wemby there, if he stays healthy, it, to me, it's nearly impossible that he doesn't win multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. It's impossible. It he's He has all of the makeup of being an elite defender, and he basically already is on a dog shit team. According to DPM numbers, he's a 98th percentile defender in the NBA right now, and he is just playing with nobody else who's competent on defense, really, or on offense for most of this Spurs team. So, I mean, Wemby is, as long as he stays healthy, he is going to be uh, ridiculous from a fantasy perspective and then also racking up real-life accolades.
0: All right. At this point in time, is there anybody else on the Spurs that is worth a mention without additional news?
1: No. Uh, we, just, we just need an update on Trey Jones. If he's out, then we can put Wesley into play. As of now, it's really just Wemby.
0: All righty, let's. Uh, oh, I gotta know. Uh, I'm a loser. Tell you when the Millie asked me who who is the the one team that uh, Jokic did not have a triple double against. I I didn't know, so I said just in case it was a trick question, the Nuggets. I'm curious.
1: Uh, it has to be it, the. It, I mean, it has to be the Nuggets.
0: That that would be my guess, but that's one of those where you know. What Albert Pujols and and uh, some of the players that were around for a long time, you know, homering in 35 different MLB parks and stuff like that. There's some fun, uh, fun records out there uh, to look at like that. But back to today's action. Uh, let's see, Los Angeles Lakers in Golden State tonight. Lakers are two point dogs taking on the Warriors. 243 projected point total here. Uh, Cam Reddish is going to be out uh, through the All Star break. And then you have uh, James and Davis are both questionable um, on the injury report. This is an island game for the Lakers. They last played Thursday. They next play Monday for the Warriors. Uh, you you're going to have um, CP3 is missing his eighth game with that uh, fractured hand. He is going to be out for at least two more weeks. This is a three and four though. They did not play last night. They did play uh, Thursday. Uh, the next game is Tuesday for the Dubs. Uh, what do you like here from the uh, the Lakers and D'Angelo Russell? Is, is he back? Has he reasserted himself? That's been an interesting
1: twist these days. So D'Angelo Russell back in the starting lineup playing extended minutes. So is he back? I mean, did he really ever – he's still the same kind of you know league average-ish type starter – player who's a negative on defense he's a high usage guy on offense he's a pretty good fantasy producer though because when he's on the court he takes a lot of shots and now his minutes are secure that he's starting for the lakers so we go ahead and look at my lineups right now a big thing to note is that ad and lebron are both questionable i think they both play but we're about to talk about a game after this emac where we've got the dallas mavericks taking on the sacramento kings where dallas has a ton of players they're questionable in the injury report And I do want to backload my lineups a little bit today because I want to have the flexibility to make alterations to my lineups should value open up from the Dallas Mavericks. So that's a reason that guys like Torian Prince, I did give him a little bit of an ROI boost that he would show up in more lineups for me. Uh, D'Angelo Russell already looks fine. But uh, to me, the key for this late game is Torian Prince. And it's really more of a placeholder. Because if I get to Torian Prince, that's okay. But I really want to have the flexibility to be able to move Torian Prince to any potential value options from the Dallas Mavericks, which we're going to talk about after this. As far as LeBron and AD, not all that high of priorities to spend up options. I'd rather get to Giannis. And then also if Kyrie is out, I definitely want to be getting to Luka as well. So LeBron and AD, not as much room for them in lineups. D'Angelo Russell locked into minutes. And then Torian Prince, really good placeholder who looks okay as is. But is really good just to reserve spots for if more news breaks from Dallas.
0: All right, uh, how about the Golden State side of things then? We do have Draymond Green who has returned to action, he has played three games all off the bench. Uh, Kaminga actually has coexisted with him reasonably well. Uh, it's, it's hard to be excited about anybody here from Golden State, but there That's are uh, several. Pl- pardon,
1: I was gonna say disagree. People, oh, disagree. My, uh, my, uh. Okay.
0: Okay, so I was going to say, so to finish my thought, outside of tournaments, but I can't pinpoint anyone in particular that I would like. But there are four players that I would be okay with being above the field on, though I don't anticipate more than one in any of my lineups at this point. What are you seeing for the Dubs?
1: Yes, so my expectation is that Draymond Green moves back into the starting lineup tonight, and he is because he's he's priced as a bench guy who's playing limited minutes right now, and That's what his role has been as of late, but if Draymond Green moves back into the starting lineup, EMAC, well, as a starter, we could anticipate over 30 minutes from Draymond Green. Is he in his prime? No, no, no. He's certainly not that player anymore, but if he is going to start at a $5,500 price tag on DraftKings, he is a borderline must-play type of guy today, so we'll see what actually ends up happening with the starting lineup for the Warriors, but... As of right now, my expectation is that Draymond starts, he plays in a full allotment of minutes, and if that's the case, he's like $1,000 to $1,500 too cheap. So I think that Draymond Green, assume he's in the starting lineup, is somebody that we should really be loading up on tonight.
0: All right. How are you feeling about Curry? Because, of course, he was snubbed by not making the starting all-star lineup. Does that drive any decision points for you? Or the fact that he's the greatest shooter that's ever lived driving some of those decisions?
1: I didn't even realize that people thought he should start over Luca or SGA.
0: But he's Steph Curry. Even though he's 36, he's still Steph Curry. Reinvented yeah, the whole I game. Mean,
1: SGA is argued. I mean, SGA's and Luca are SGA and Luca have been crazy good this year. And <laughs> Steph is showing signs of aging for sure. The big problem with Steph is he hasn't shown as much of a ceiling this year as we've seen in other years. He's clearly starting to regress a little bit as he gets older. Even his three-point shooting accuracy has started to dip a little bit. And then you just also look at the other payup options we have on the slate. Giannis is playing without Middleton. We might have Luca playing without Kyrie Irving. I can't prioritize Steph Curry on the high end. The only thing that I really want to prioritize is Draymond Green, and that is assuming that he starts. Also Jonathan Kaminga, he's been playing bigger minutes for the Warriors as of late. So Kaminga and Draymond Green in the front court. Draymond being the higher, uh, the the higher priority for me. But once again, that's assuming Draymond starts. If Draymond comes off the bench, I don't want to play him. I think he starts, though.
0: Alrighty. Uh, for those of you that are in pretty much every state, you should consider signing up for Sleeper. That is because if you go through the link in the YouTube description here, you will get a $500 deposit match for your first deposit. Again, $500 deposit match on your first deposit. We all know how the Pick'em sites work, but fun things that uh, are available on Sleeper, you can get up to 100x payouts. That is the highest on uh, the DFS market. They have more stat categories. For the NBA, you can get triple doubles. You can get double doubles. Uh, They balance their payouts, meaning they adjust them. So a triple double is, is, while it is yes or no, you can get 2x or 3x uh, of a multiplier, depending on which player it is, double double, et cetera. So it's a a lot more fun to put together some different things here. You can also uh, adjust up or down some of their their wagers, meaning if you want to go with a 39.5 PRA for Steph Curry and you think he's really going to have a good game, you could bump that up if it's available to you to 43.5 PRA and that will increase your payout. Or if you want to go with the safer or lower uh, option, you can lower it. So that is a a fun little twist that they have over there. But that is Sleeper. It is available in all of the app stores, um, uh, Apple, uh, Google Play, et cetera. But uh, check that out. And again, $500 deposit match. We don't see all those very often anymore, but come in through the link in the YouTube description below us here, and then I will drop their uh, landing page um, that gives all of the details here that we have listed out on Stochastic. Let's hand this next game over here to Mr. Ehrenberg. We are going with the Memphis Grizzlies. That's not correct. I did it again, didn't I? Is our there...
1: The Grizzlies? I don't, I don't know. So the Grizzlies are not playing tonight, but they are the Grizzlies. If you're talking about, I did it again. I don't know if you were thinking Vancouver in your head or something. No. The last game. Sacramento. The uh, Sacramento Kings.
0: Sacramento and Dallas. I had a fragment game in there. Sacramento.
1: I thought you were getting confused. You brought up Memphis. I was like, no, you you got the right city. I thought maybe you were going back to your uh, Vancouver Grizzlies or something.
0: Well, we, we, we at least Ryan didn't Reeves. talk about the, the, the you, do you remember, do you know where uh, the Los Angeles Clippers came from?
1: Where they came from? Where, where uh, the
0: franchise was originally, because it wasn't the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Uh, were they Minneapolis?
0: They were the San Diego Clippers, as in the Clipper wow. ships that were out there because the tradition of having the Navy bases in San Diego. Do you know what San Diego means?
1: Uh, only in German, if I'm not mistaken, it means a whale's vagina, but you are that's correct. Not, yeah, that's, that's just, there was a documentary I watched about, uh, it was, it was a news anchor, I believe. So there was a documentary where I found that information and, in, but yeah, no, that's information I know.
0: Okay. There we are. So back. Back to more important things at hand, that would be the Sacramento Kings being favorites heading into Dallas here. Island game for Sacramento, nobody on the injury report. Last played Thursday, next play Monday. Dallas, this is a uh, back-to-back as well as a three and four, and they play on Monday. As Greg mentioned, a lot of people questionable. Kyrie Irving has missed the last two games with a thumb issue. He is questionable. Uh, Maximilian Kleba missed last night's game with his uh, toe issue flaring up. Of course, that could be injury management for the back-to-back. You have Dwight Powell, who has missed the last three games with an eye abrasion. And then Derek Jones Jr. uh, hurt his wrist last night. So a lot of moving parts here. Uh, Why don't you hit us here off on uh, the Kings side of things first. Uh, and more, most importantly, the rebound king, Domantas Sabonis, leading the league in rebounds for the second year at a career high right now. Pretty impressive and racking up triple doubles like nobody's business. Talk to yeah. us about SmackDown.
1: So most importantly, you guys really want to backload your lineups tonight. If we go into lock, and Emac and I'll be covering this more on live before lock later, but if we go into lock, and everybody's still questionable for Dallas, so... Emac just read off the injury report, but the implication of the Dallas injury report, and uh, by the way, Derek Jones Jr., not only do I think he doesn't play today, I think we're going to find out he's going to be out for an extended period of time. That aside, if these players start to get ruled out from Dallas, it's a massive, massive opening of value on the slate, and it's one that might not happen until well after lock since it's the last game of the night. So I want to have my lineups backloaded. I want to have players from the Kings in my lineups so that if we do see players get ruled out from Dallas, it's going to be really easy for me to swap some of my exposures over to Luka and other players from the Dallas Mavericks. So as of right now, I'm getting to a good amount of Kevin Herter. Sabonis looks good as a payup option. Malik Monk in the mid-range as well. Those are my three favorite guys to get into lineups and do ROI positive boost for in our Sims tool to allow me. To get the flexibility in my lineups to swap to Dallas should the news break our way.
0: What stands out from the Kings while you're anticipating the moving parts from Dallas?
1: Uh, Yeah, Herder, Sabonis, Malik Monk.
0: No, uh, De'Aaron Fox?
1: No, not as much De'Aaron Fox. And it's for a couple of reasons. Primarily uh, that DeMontis Sabonis is more expensive than De'Aaron Fox, which is going to be more important for me reserving lineup spots to get more flexibility for late swapping purposes. So one thing I do like about the players I'm getting into lineups right now, Malik Monk, DeMontis Sabonis, Kevin Herter, I'm getting a mix of position eligibilities and also a mix of price ranges, which is going to open up more flexibility for late swapping with some of the news that uh, is yet to break.
0: All righty. Do you have any other DFS information you would like to share?
1: Uh, yeah, we should talk at least a little bit about the Dallas side of the game. And it's it's one that we don't have enough information for as of right now, right? Because Kyrie Irving's questionable. Derek Jones Jr. officially questionable. Maxi Kleba's questionable. Dwight Powell is questionable. If all these guys are ruled out, there's so much value to be had. Luca becomes the top pay-up option on this late. Tim Hardaway Jr. plays extended minutes. So like the Malik Monk exposure I had, that's really easy to, tr- to swap that out to Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Josh Green becomes a really good value option. Grant Williams, he would be looking at somewhere around 30-ish minutes in the front court if these players are rolled out. So as of right now, if everybody's in for Dallas, nothing looks all that great. But I do suspect that at least one or two of these guys from Dallas that are questionable will not end up playing
0: alrighty i'm going to do a quick screen share here greg this is the odd shopper the stochastic sister site here uh it's one of uh, the byproducts of having amazing uh, sports modeling here is that we can uh, turn this power towards the sports wagering market so we're going to do a couple things here one we're going to use the markets against themselves we'll talk about that in a second but we also have a very robust Uh, package here that we have created and dropped the price on. So $49.95, pardon me, $49.95 per month, $14.95 per week gets you everything we have here for Odd Shopper. I'm going to go through it really quick here. We have the expert picks page. This is the uh, picks for today's uh, contest that that, uh, we want to have highlighted. Or uh, in the case of NFL tomorrow, you can see if you saw it on Greg, he has selected the over on passing yards for brock purdy that line has moved up a little bit since he uh, made that recommendation but you can check that out we also uh, have uh fantasy the pick'em sites you can go in and run optimizers there that will build out a uh, parlay card for you you can also look specifically at uh just the individual plays By uh, loading on that, this is helpful, especially for me when they have a lot of these operators are on just um, the uh, mobile devices. So if I want to look at Sleeper, which is uh, a little harder for me to navigate on my phone because I'm old and my eyes are tired, I can quickly come here and find all sorts of good deals, and then I can just easily look those up on my phone and create my little card. That's helpful. You can see all these tagged ones. These are all the different promo uh, opportunities that they have currently available over there on sleeper that is helpful we can also look at this um just by uh leaks so you can sort let's look at nba um let's look at uh it a second here to update recycle it we can go over to the uh positive EV bets, and this is something that's pretty cool. Geolocates where you are. I happen to be in Florida, but I'm just going to flip this over to New Jersey because that's where Greg is. But you can see here we can get all sorts of, of wagers here. Currently, we have the odd shopper rating. That is giving the best uh, odds of Luca Doncic going under 10 assists tonight. That is a plus 104. But you can see across the board at all of these different uh, sports books, you can see House, Unibet, Pet Rivers, are all at plus 104, but then you can see bet MGM and points bet they're at minus 140. That's a dramatic swing. So just by shopping those odds, we can create a two or three percent and ROI advantage in our favor. And you can quickly look at any of these that you want. You can sort by player um, or filter by player. You can filter if you just want to see PRA bets, you can filter by the league, etc. Very, very powerful tool, very helpful both for sports wagering and for the Pickham sites. But that is odd shopper. So you guys definitely want to check that out all righty mr Ehrenberg. any final thoughts for today saturday january 27th
1: no nothing uh nothing else just keep up to date on the injury news as per usual with uh nba and how it goes lots of players are on the injury report for tonight and we'll be breaking it down later as well so 6 to 7 p.m eastern time emac and i are gonna be back on the youtube channel to break it down and yeah it's probably gonna be a much different looking slate in a couple hours it's almost how it always goes with NBA.
0: And in the interim, you get uh, two p.m. You get the NHL uh, strategy. So, so check that out. You guys can follow Greg over on Twitter. That is G Arenberg DFS. I am at Emac DFS, and of course, it is stochastic underscore com. With that, gamers, good luck.